Hey guys, this is Jesus. I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Ethan Ferguson, John H. Perry, Rochelle Jackson, Bridget Hughes, Sophia Dearden, Dr. Gerd Hauser, Evan Fettinger, Nathan Aldana, and Terry G. Moore. Thanks for helping us pass this rather violent economics course. And then, thank God, zombies came. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The invisible hand of the market. The invisible, rotting <laughs> hand of the market. Five years ago, the world abandoned the West. Unofficially, we occasionally get reach outs from uh, corporate entities who, who don't really want to be public in their support for us, at the lo- uh, us and the lost. Hey everybody, this is Billy from the Fandible Podcasting Network, and I'm excited to be here because we are finally trying Red Market. Yeah. 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 Yes. For those who do not know, Red Market is a, it's called a, oh, what was it called? I love the name. An economic horror uh, game. They basically say it's a poverty simulator that throws in zombies to make you feel better. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, so let's uh, just dive right in. I'm going to explain the setting. We will go through some of the rules when they come up. Uh, but after I t- describe the setting, we will go to our characters and they'll introduce our se- themselves. Like always, I'm Billy. I'm excited. Let's start. Five years ago, the world wasn't doing so well. I mean, you had global warming. You had uh, definitely an economic uh, – a lack of economic diversity. More people were, were becoming poor. More people were becoming more in debt, and the rich just kept on getting richer. Uh, we were actually just about to enter, if not already entered, a, the next recession, and this one was because the uh, student loan bubble just burst. And it wasn't looking so great. At the time, the administration, uh, they hired a person, uh, the President Hunter, uh, and he was uh, uh, basically uh, – I. Th- they described him very – he was very libertarian in his approach, if not Republican. Um, and he basically you know, tried to re- help the econ- economy by uh, cut, uh, cutting services and uh, you know, doing trickle-down economics, and that worked as well as it always does. And then, thank God, zombies came. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The invisible hand of the market. The invisible, rotting <laughs> hand of the market. Well, at first, no one really believed what was going on. Um, and that's why right now, even today, people don't use the word zombies because people were were definitely throwing out stories like zombie man in Florida eats person's face. But no one believes that shit. Because even today, when Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Exactly. So uh, no matter how many times like the media posted stories about zombies, it was kind of always assumed it was tongue in cheek. And... The reports kept on getting bigger and bigger until it finally overwhelmed and people realized that the uh, their debt wasn't the thing eating them alive. Ooh, nice line. There are two types of zombies in this world. Officially. There's vectors, which is when you're first infected with the disease known as the blight. It, that is a very 28 days later kind of thing. You're actually still alive. You... Run after people, spewing blood, trying to bite them, trying to scratch them. All the while, you're apologizing. You're saying, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, as you're biting into them. The blight takes you over completely. And you go at 110% 
until you fi- your body finally just falls apart and you die. Or you get shot in the heart. The next is called casualties or C's. After a vector dies of natural causes or their heart explodes, a couple days later or a couple hours, they will rise as a C. An undead creature that is slow and it's very Romero-esque. They shamble. They try to bite you. They have no functions. They can't talk. They are dead. They are brain dead. But they have enough mobility to walk after you and try to eat you. And these, they're not very dangerous unless you get them in like herds. And they absolutely love to travel in herds. When the zombies finally became something that people couldn't ignore, the government did two things. Publicly, they said, everybody, we are sending mil- the military to every city in the, in the United States. Anybody caught outside, any movement that we see outside will be officially shot. Stay inside. Privately, what they did was told every military individual, every person with resources, every tank operator to drive immediately towards the Mississippi River and abandon everybody in the West. This was because they decided to make a quarantine zone using the Mississippi River as a natural barrier since vectors can't swim. Vectors can't swim and casualties sink. Yes, casualties sink. So the military literally abandoned most of America. And now anything east of the Mississippi is considered a quarantine free zone. It is it's safe from zombies, but there are still there. It is still very bad in a lot of ways, such as there's ghettos, there's corruption. There's there's too many people with not enough food to feed them. The West is filled with zombies. And no protection. But low rent, yes, yes. The downside of being on the West is you get no protection, and the government has, in order to make everybody feel better about what they did, they have declared everybody dead on the West of the Mississippi. If you did not make it past the Mississippi, or just were living there, you are officially dead by the government. Any property that you once owned is now the government, as long as they could prove, as long as they have, like, the proper deeds. So that sucks. The good news is they created a system called Bounty. Basically, any ID that you pull from a zombie, any birth certificate that you find that you can prove belong to the person that is now dead, any building like deed that you own, you could trade that into a government uh, company, a government resource area for money. And so these IDs that you pull off of zombies, these deeds, these birth certificates, these social security cards that you turn in, it's kind of its own resource. And they, they, there's a value to it in, like in, in the setting. It's like $100, but it's mostly just used as one bounty. So you might go kill a bunch of zombies and I'll roll dice and say they, there are nine bounty on these zombies altogether. So that that's given you basically an idea in the West of if you can collect enough bounty, you could probably get enough money to smuggle yourself over the Mississippi. But not only that, there's a lot of opportunity in the West. You, you could tr- get a, a lot of bounty and not only make it to, past the Mississippi, but you could live like a king. You could retire. So every taker, which is what you guys are, 
the people who do jobs, who run missions, you're tr- all are working towards what is called your own retirement plan. And since this is just a one-shot game right now, we're not going to worry too much about that. But right now, in your head, in character, just know that you all have decided at one point you want to retire. And in your head, there is a large number, like a thousand bounty, that you want to get to before you cash in and get the fuck out of the West. Five years ago, the world abandoned the West. This is the fifth year of the blight. There's not many vectors unless there's a fresh uh, outbreak, but there's a lot of but there are a lot of zombies still. Speaking of vectors, you guys were actually part of a enclave not too long ago, about three weeks ago, and it had been it actually had survived for three years. It started two years uh, in a small. It was like an old tourist trap it was like a m- old mining cart town that used to be used as a tourist trap but it was, an, it was it had decent defenses nice rocky areas uh, easy place to, to to contain unfortunately two weeks ago there was a bar fight and someone pulled a shotgun and they shot at somebody and who they shot on accident was somebody known as a latent a latent is a person infected with the virus and you could tell they're infected with the blight, but they are they aren't insane. They aren't taken over, they aren't, you know, you know, a zombie fight trying to eat you. They are though highly infectious. And the only reason that latents are kind of accepted in the in the lost, which is the west, is because they can't be reinfected. So they are incredibly important to send on missions and stuff. They they can get bit and they're still good. Well, this Leighton got shot with a shotgun, and the bull and the buckshot went through him into a group of people behind him, which immediately infected them with the blight, turning them into vectors. Those vectors started running, screaming, apologizing, and turning the rest of the bar into vectors. Everybody not in the bar heard the commotion, walked towards the bar, only to find vectors streaming out. All because one small accident, one little battle that took place, one shotgun that went off, one accidental shooting. You all officially have abandoned your enclave. There are a group of you, and you have made it to the Glenwood Caverns in Colorado. It is a enclave that's been around since the very beginning. And... The Glenward uh, Caverns is basically it's a giant mountain wi- mountaintop amusement park uh, and cavern system that uh, people used to go to to you know get their pictures of you know ca- cave exploration. You guys have been allowed to join the uh, Glenwood, but your crew um, has been decimated. The crew, your your gang, Dave, you. I'm going to say have become kind of the unofficial leader of the ragtag group that remains of your crew. The official leader got eaten. Uh, but the only people of your crew that made it out is Angela's character, you and Dan's character. Uh, the rest of the people that were in your enclave that uh, came with you, uh, those are just mostly civilians. They're not part of your crew. They're just part of your, they were part of your enclave. So with that in mind, I know that was a lot to throw at you. Uh, do you have any questions before we introduce que- uh, characters? Uh, what is the name of the place we are at? I'm sorry, you cut out for a second when you said the name. Yes, it is the Glenwood 
Caverns. Caverns and Colorado. You need to actually use a gondola to get to the uh, top. And the cool thing, though, is the way to, if you really want to get down to the bottom, you can use the Alpine Coasters, which is kind of like a roller coaster that they, it's like a seat that they put on tracks and they send you down. Sweet. That's how I go down every time. <laughs> yeah. No, it is actually, this is actually a real place. It's really fun. Uh, the Alpine Coaster is terrifying. <laughs> I've been on it and I hated Billy every moment. That sounds amazing. And this is, in, this is where, Michigan? Uh, Colorado. 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 Oh, yeah, we're definitely doing a, an action sequence on these things. Um, and if at all possible, maybe later on, like a fight in a water slide. <laughs> sure. It's a small amusement park, but yeah, absolutely. They have like the weird things where it's like a merry-go-round that would go over the cliff face and stuff. They don't usually use it for rides anymore, but they because oh, there's a zip line too. Oh, there is a zip line. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Anyways, Terrifying. let's introduce characters. You guys have been at this enclave for the last two weeks kind of getting used to, uh, you know, your new duties, uh, your new environment. You really don't have much at all. They've given you a small space in an old concession stand, uh, and they've playfully called you the hot dog boys because that's what it's called at the very top of the concession stand. So your crew, no matter what it's called, I think you guys decided that the crew's name was the gospel. The Enclave calls you the hot, hot dog boys. So, let's start with characters. So uh, who wants to go first? I can go. So, Angela, tell us about who your character it was and who your character is. All right. Hi, everybody. I am Angela, and I am playing Striker. And Striker is so called because before all of this went down, she was a member of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Everybody that's listening can guess when we're recording this. And she was a, a member of the team uh, and a relatively famous member of the team, somewhat cocky about her status as being one of the most uh, uh, prolific and best players in the world. And then when zombies came, her ability to kick a ball really wasn't all that important anymore. But her natural athleticism did help her survive, and uh, her job in her first enclave was as a fenceman. And what the fencemen do is they stand on top of the fences that surround these enclaves with giant spears and stab zombies for 16 hours a day. That leaves a mark on you. That uh, even even the, the cockiest bastard in the world uh, doesn't come out of that entirely okay. But Stryker put in the work, she put in the hours, the days, the years, and earned her way off the wall. And uh, she has vowed that that is never going to be where she is again. Um, but she is not alone in this world. She has a fellow uh, fenceman uh, who was at that first enclave with her. Um, her uh, she's, a, she's a civilian. Uh, her name is Laurel. And yes, Laurel, uh, she used to be part of your uh, crew, Dave. Uh, she was part of the crew. Uh, unfortunately, she got bit. Someone panicked and shot at her, blew off uh, her leg at the bottom of the kneecap. And, but that didn't stop the infection because you don't really you – can't, you can't really stop an infection once you get bit. But the good news is she's a latent. Uh, she ended up being a natural latent. So while she is very much infectious, 
uh, she is not uh, – she didn't turn full vector. So she uh, – Angela, you ended up dragging Laurel with you. Mm-hmm. And you paid a lot, a lot of uh, bounty in order to convince a doctor to be crazy enough to actually stop the bleeding. But you did. So uh, you uh, – Laurel uh, currently, uh, she has a job. Uh, what is she doing? Something that she uh, – she can't really go out because she doesn't have a leg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what is she doing now uh, to help this new enclave? Uh, she is – Wouldn't be allowed touching the food either. Definitely not. Um, she does uh, – she assists the, the doctor. Uh, With so, latents. Yeah. So yeah. she's like somebody, she does not necessarily have medical skills herself, but she's the sort of person who it's like, yes, I can tie a tourniquet and it's not going, doesn't matter if I get blood on me. Yep. So she helps the doctor whenever they have, the, the, you, there's a few latents in this enclave. So whenever one of them get hurt, the doctor stands far away and instructs your partner what to do. And she can do things like count how many tongue depressors they have left. It's two. Yes. Okay. Who's next? Who else wants to go? I'll go. Hey, everybody. This is Dave, and I am playing Cronkite, the uh, the hustler. Uh, really stretching out my role playing uh, role playing muscles here. Uh, Cronkite was a was a uh, journalist and reporter in the East, and uh, was well, yeah was to the east of the Mississippi River when all the shit went down was safely within uh, civilized society, but had suspicions that that the official story from the United States government was far too simple, that everything was taken care of and everybody was on the east now and they're fighting the good fight out west. And more and more, he noticed that a lot of the journalism that was coming out of the various papers started to seem a less like genuine coverage and more like um and more like propaganda yes Dan, uh, dave you were you made a hit piece uh, uh, that, that's what they called it up against the uh news program called manifest destiny network uh which is basically an evolution of uh some of the more right wing uh programming today uh some would some have would describe it as what fox news is or what if they want, I guess, MSNBC, some would say also. It is basically uh, – but this is – you made a piece where you put out the evidence that the government, uh, also known as uh, the uh, Department of Homeland Quarantine Services, DHQS, uh, was pretty much controlling whatever story was coming out of the Manifest Destiny network. And they did not like that, did they? They didn't. And as it turns out that when you are in bed with – a government that is effectively called for a ongoing, if not permanent, military-style uh, police state. That uh, you have some rather heavy clubs to swing in order to uh, in order to smack down any square pegs and round holes. Uh, and when all you've got is a giant mallet, all your problems look like on-the-run journalists that suddenly have to leave town right away. Yes, you ran. You absolutely jumped. And uh, instead of... You're a hustler because uh, unlike the character class, which is bait, uh, 
which is a person who ditched the West, uh, ditched the East to go to the West, uh, you are reported dead by the government. The government said you took your life out of embarrassment once your story was, uh, uh, once they showed that there was holes in your story. Uh, but no, they absolutely are gunning. They went, they gunned for you. That was about two years into the, uh, the, the blight, into the, uh, occupation of the East, Dave. So you've been in the loss for three years. Did you come alone or did somebody come with you? Uh, I did. I did have somebody, uh, with me actually. Uh, the only other person to stand by the story was, Actually, my re- otherwise hard-ass but equally brilliant editor, July, who now only goes by July because she is also officially dead. And she is, uh, she, and I have, we, we never really got along personally as well as we could have, but professionally we were absolutely with each other lockstep. We absolutely believed in the importance of journalism, of truth, and of uh, an a educated, free, informed society. And so she jumped with me, and she is with me uh, in my travels in this enclave. Yeah, and she is a dependent? Yeah, she is a, she is a dependent. Uh, and uh, as well as a person that I have met in my travels in the last three years, who is uh, named Skip, a uh, poker player who loves to have uh, who who loves to gamble um, small things. Skip doesn't really play much for money, but does play for what he likes to call uh, what he likes to call memories. And so a lot of the antes are trinkets that would otherwise be worthless that skip wants to hear the story behind when you ante up i like that uh skip is a dependent as well that means he's more than just a like a, a colleague he is a, well more than just a colleague uh, or like a reference or a person you could tap or a contact he is a friend you consider skip a friend in july she is a colleague but you have literally dragged her ass through all of this time that she's kind of like that uh uh, that picture in the back of your wallet that you should get rid of, but God, th- th- you've had it for five years, so you're not going to get rid of it. Uh, so she, uh, she's dependent on you. She doesn't really go out because she's older. She's a much older woman. Um, and uh, you, you've, you've put it upon yourself to take care of her whenever you can get her, her medication. She has all, uh, not all time, but she has uh, arthritis, but uh, she's still a hell of an editor. And uh, she also has contacts occasionally that uh, she will put you in touch with um, on the Ubik network. And just so really so you guys are uh, aware, Ubik network was the one shining light that happened before the crash. It was basically some rich billionaire, the next Zuckerberg. Uh, he created a global network of uh, a global Internet network that was free. For anybody, it's not as fast as say like you know, fi- uh, fiber optics, but uh, it is a network controlled by weather balloons. So even in the lost where there's no electricity a lot of the time, you could still link up to the internet. So it's it's a free ne- uh, internet that uh, is out there that everybody uses. Ah, so the dick pics and the cat gifs survive. They did. That's literally in the book. Like wow. That is something that they've mentioned. They're like, you know, goodness didn't survive, but thank God cat picks are still here. I just, when you said like is controlled by weather balloons, I thought it was literally like 
people attach messages to balloons and just let them go. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like ser- uh, servers that are high in the sky. Dan, it is your turn. Sure thing. So this is Dan, and I am playing uh, Scoob. Scoob, uh, five years ago, he was a typical gig economy uh, dude. Uh, he had a, uh, you know, he made ends meet with whatever he could, uh, TaskRabbit and all that stuff. And uh, one of his more uh, profitable, or at the very least, would allow him to pay the rent only a week late uh, jobs was as a wag walker. He uh, basically would do dog walking for uh, basically other millennials. And uh, when when this all went down, he went to pick up a, uh, a lovely if a bit unkempt, uh, medium black dog, uh, called Cindy at the time. Um, and, uh, when he opened the door, well, the dog came out to greet him, and so did the, uh, pair of millennials that lived inside who had already been zombified and tried to eat his face. Uh, he has, uh, he's always had a good work ethic, so he still grabbed the leash and the dog, and, and they ran. Oh, they ran. They ran so far away. And, well... You know, he's he survived, uh, and so did the dog, now renamed this Shaggy, uh, because it's accurate. And uh, when all you have over the past five years in an increasingly zombified world is just you and your dog, well, that doesn't really do great things for your mental stability. Uh, he's He's seen some shit, and if it wasn't for the fact that he does have Shaggy with him, he probably would have just taken his own life or or worse uh by or you know joined the zombies willingly by now uh so he's he's he survived he's managed to make his way out here he's he's managed to get some gear he's got a a vest on shaggy and uh and some extra equipment uh he managed to steal a uh one of those ubic uh head vr headsets uh so he can actually send shaggy off to scout for him and he can you know quote unquote look through her eyes and uh, he spends a lot of time talking to Shaggy. He has his long conversations with Shaggy uh, as if the dog could reply back and, and be understood. Uh, of course, nobody else sees this, but well, they, they accept it because it's very useful to have a dog. Absolutely. And your dog's actually, we put a lot of points in that dog, so you don't even have to feed your dog. Your dog somehow always finds like a mushroom uh, field to eat or a pigeon or a rat. Your dog is good at hunting for himself. She is. She she is a good dog. She is, in fact, a very good dog. Uh, Dan, just real quick. Uh, your dependent is wh- who? Shaggy, the dog. Yep. Okay. That's, and that's how, how many enclaves have you seen fall? Uh, probably more than is healthy for <laughs> for any grown adult. Uh, you would you would probably require some of uh, Shaggy's paws uh, in order to count how many you've, you've just been into. Yeah, exactly. Like that, those very first two years, it was probably every couple weeks you would hide in a mall and everything would go fine, and then something would happen, and you'd again always be the one that survives. Exactly. That makes yeah, that makes you a roach, which is uh, what they call you. Kind of, you somehow always survive. So the game the game starts out uh, with the morning light. The sun is breaking over the mountains of Colorado and uh, illuminating the beautiful, beautiful landscape of Glenwood Canyons or Glenwood Caverns. Uh, You guys uh, are waking up one by one. Uh, Who's going to be waking up first or who's just coming home from the bar? 
Well, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, I, I think that uh, Cronkite came home late, but is probably waking up early. You know, because news don't sleep. Yeah, Cronkite, you wake up uh, as the first glimmer of light peeks through the uh, the top of this once con- this 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 dinky concession stand. It barely has enough room for the three cots that they kind of given to uh, given you. Uh, but it is it is tight. It is absolutely tight. And as you sit up, uh, the it even though the sun has just risen, it is already ninety degrees. Uh, global warming did not stop when the zombies came, so it you're you're already sweating. Your 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 cot is already just stained with sweat stains. Ew, hot. <laughs> and as you are uh, coming to your feet, you look around and you see uh, is uh, Angela and Dave, uh, uh, Angela and Dan. Are you both sleeping or or what? Uh, Striker wakes up. Yeah, Striker, you're you're kind of already stirring. Uh, again, the heat is a good alarm clock for anybody who doesn't have an alarm clock. What about you, Dan? Uh, Scoob is sleeping in as long as he can because he knows uh, Shaggy will soon enough leap atop him, demanding walkies. <laughs> and uh, Shaggy right now is, uh, is on his back, just his belly exposed to the air, trying to get as much coolness as he can, but failing. Uh, Cronkite, as you're sitting there, patting yourself down, maybe for a cigarette, maybe for a flask, maybe for just, maybe it's just that routine that kind of gets you through the morning. Uh, you hear a rough knock on the door. Uh, you don't really have windows, but uh, someone's trying to be courteous enough to not just holler through the window to get your ass up, but someone's banging. The knocking is when Stryker like sits bolt upright. Stryker is a a woman that she she looks older than she is because being a, you know the the apocalypse is tough, y'all. The apocalypse ages you, and uh, she has um, blonde hair with a severe undercut, so very close shaved sides and then longer on the top. And when she sits up, like half of her hair is sticking up, and like she just cracks one eye. She's like, "What was it? Hmm." What? It's fine. Somebody wants to talk to us. Why? I don't want to talk. A scoop just Cronkite. kind of mumbles from the bed like, kill Shaggy, kill. <laughs> Cronkite, open up. I need to talk. And Dave, uh, you would know this is uh, this is an enclave leader. You've heard him. His name's Hasbarrow. Uh, that's all he goes by. He had a name at one point, but Hasbarrow is what he goes by now. Cronkite, okay. open up. Uh, Cronkite sits up and uh, puts on, he's wearing like uh, a tank top and he uh he's the kind of guy who dresses even in the morning so he puts on a ratty old white button down shirt and some suspenders uh for visual for visual approximation he is Kolchak the night stalker he is like <laughs> he's like a pushing uh mid 40s uh a tired uh a tired white guy with short cut brown hair and one of those faces that whenever he's relaxed, he looks like he's just very disappointed in whatever he's looking at. <laughs> and so he and so he he like puts on a skinny tie and then stands up and then just kind of shuffles over like a like a like a dirty laundry golem and then opens the door. In front of you is Hasbro. And Hasbro is a very short man, short and stout, kind of very much like a teapot almost. Uh, uh, you don't know uh, much about his past other than you believe he actually was a tour guide. Someone mentioned that he, he's been in the uh, Glenwood Caverns uh, long before the zombies. So you think he was a tour guide. And he's standing there. Uh, 
kind of much like you. He's actually wearing a, a very much torn brown suit. So he spots that you're wearing a tie and suspenders and a, and a shirt that's supposed to be white that's not so white anymore. And kind of gives an approving nod before uh, thrusting out a hand. And he holds out a styrofoam cup uh, that's been reused far too many times. And inside, you smell the aroma of coffee. Oh, my God. Also, how do I use you. my crossbow? Let me see here. <laughs> <laughs> when do the other two wise men get here? How the hell are you, Hasmera? It depends. It could be a good day for you. It could be a really bad day for me. Come on. We need to talk. One of those. Okay. All right. Okay. He waves you over towards... He has a small little tent set up. And Hasbro is good like this. Uh, he could have actually had a, like a small bit of a cavern, which is very nice and cool during the summer. But no, he 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 set up his office in a, like a little tent that you would expect to find at like some sort of uh, archaeological dig. And you walk in and there is a – it looks like a desk that you would find at a uh, elementary school, um, like a teacher's desk. And he pulls over uh, a chair, sets it down in front of it, and then goes around and sits down in the somewhat nice chair that he has left behind. It's a leather chair. Clearly, uh, it's seen better days. But he sits back and leans back and allows you to enjoy the coffee. Oh, you're buttering me up for something. And... Oh, you know it. You yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we got? Uh, all right. So, your enclave, we uh, we didn't have the room for him, but we brought the 12 of you in because, well, we're good fucking people. I'm motherfucking Teresa. Remember that. You're a shining beacon of light, Hasbro. Thank you. Thank you. But that means that you owe us a couple, uh, a, you owe us debts, and uh, I'm going to be actually have to call in that debt. But it's, uh, it's good for you. It's good for you. Don't start that science shit. I have a job for your crew. You said you uh, you would run jobs for your uh, your uh, your last enclave. Is that correct? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, everybody's got to make a uh, living. Great. So here's the thing. Officially, we're all dead, according to the East. Unofficially. I stand up. What? <laughs> and then I sit back down. Anyways. He rolls his he rolls his eyes and leans back. Unofficially, we occasionally get reach outs from uh corporate entities who who don't really want to be public in their support for us at the lo- uh, us and the lost. One of these corporate entities has uh they've been reaching out to me and in the enclaves around us looking for people who are stupid enough to do a job for them. I slowly raise a hand with the uh, the free hand. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to offer you the job. They're going to offer you uh, a payment. You keep the payment. All we want from them is this. And he pulls out uh, his own little Ubik tablet. Sets it down and turns it towards you. And Dave, uh, what you see in front of him is it's a destiny seed, they're called, uh, by Asaline Corporation. And what these are are basically once global warming started kicking in, weather was incredibly unpredictable. We're talking January might have 90 degrees and summer might have seven inches of snow in the East Coast. But Asaline a corporation created destiny seeds, which are basically super seeds that allow you to grow almost anywhere under any conditions. The only thing that stops them from growing is maybe like a radiation leak. So they're willing to pay us 
with a couple of uh, halls of destiny seeds. If you could push and get a couple more bounty for you and your friend, you can keep it. But we get the destiny seeds. You do the job. How's that sound? I'm not much of a farmer anyways, Hasbro. So sure, I'll take the money. Good, good. So uh, I can set you up. Uh, it's a little early right now. So uh, we're going to give them a couple hours. But uh, here is... Uh, the people that I'm going to connect you with, you can do your research, find out whatever you want on them, see if you could, you know, get some leverage in order to actually get further payment than just the seeds, okay? Do you know what the job is? Nah, they're vague. Basically, uh, it is a Galavant Entertainment. It's, uh, I don't know, some video game company. They want you to go and get some old hard drives from a server. I don't know much more about it than that. They're pretty vague, but that's what I was able to get out of them. All right. All right. So go to your crew, see if they can help you out, and uh, come back in about – he looks at his watch, and he has like seven watches on his arm. Like, And I'm talking some are incredibly beautiful watches, probably from Switzerland itself, and a couple of them are like SpongeBob that you got from like a Burger King. Uh, meet back in two hours, okay? And are you sure you're going to be fine here? I mean you used to travel with a crew of 17, and now you're down to three. That's a pretty big number change. Well, and I finish the coffee and stand up and dust myself off. Uh, what this world takes from you just makes you lighter. And me, and I kind of bounce on the balls of my feet, accentuating the fact that I'm like a paunchy middle, middle-aged guy. I'm feeling light as hell, spry even. All right, well, see you in two hours. And he uh, goes back to doing whatever work that he was probably doing at the early start of dawn. This man does not sleep. And you can tell from the bags under his eyes. Mm. All right. Go back. Go back to uh, the hot dog stand. The hot dog boys. Angela, Dave, uh, Angela, Dan, what have you been doing as your fearless leader has walked away to talk with Hasbarrow? Sleeping. Sleeping sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Scoob is just trying to get whatever sleep he can. Uh, unlike unlike Dave, who is uh, dressed all the time, Scoob is literally wearing only a pair of tidy whities because it is hot and he doesn't give a fuck. I, you know what? I have deep respect for that. Dave, you walk back in to find your fearless crew trying to get a couple more hours of sleep in. The door opens and Striker bolts back upright again. It's, huh? It's me. It's it's me. Uh, okay, okay. Shaggy. Kill Shaggy. Kill. Shaggy, like, wags her tail once <laughs> and rolls over. Thump, thump. Uh, listen, everybody. I just had a talk with Hasbro, and we got a job. Uh. Striker opens one eye. It's for money. Uh. Striker opens the other eye. <laughs> hey, Shaggy, you want to go, f- you want to go for a walk? You want to go for a W? Oh, God damn it. Walk? No, no, Walkie's no, time? Is no. it walkie's time? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Shaggy absolutely leaps up excited. Uh, you said the wa- You said the W. You yeah. said the big W. Yeah. Yeah, Scoob sits <laughs> up, wiping the sleeve of his eyes like, God damn it. I, uh, and Shaggy's uh, like leaping on him, licking his face. Come on, go. Oh, yeah. This is about a job. In a couple of hours, we're going to... I'm going to meet back up with uh, a fellow named Hasboro, and he's decided he's going to toss us a job, but it works out for him, too. It turns out that um, that some uh, 
Yeah, either of you ever play video games? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, uh, Dan, are you a ga- were you a gamer? You were a uh, you, you seem like a, a gamer type. Yeah, yeah. He used to game. He's probably still got a few loaded into his uh, headset. And Striker, you were in a couple of them, right? This is true. So, uh, so, anyways, I guess one of the companies that makes them, Gallivant Entertainment, uh, is is uh, it's dipping its toe in the dirty water of the West and wants some um, takers to go grab something in a, uh, I don't know, probably some sort of stupid landfill full of old video games that nobody wants to remember. And, uh, and so we, I guess we grab something and bring it back to them and they get, they are going to give us some cash for it. All right. Uh, Dan, as soon as he mentions Gallivant Entertainment, I'll give you a brief thing of what you know about them. And then you guys, uh, this is, uh, we're going to dumb down the negotiation rules a little bit because there, there is literally 200 pages of negotiation rules. It's fantastic. It's uh, it's like a hundred pages. It, it's its own mini game, and I'm not ready for that. Okay. So I'm going to be using the what what they also do in this book is they have bust rules and boom rules, which is hard mode and easy mode, and we're going to do easy mode. Uh, what we're going to do is um, I'm going to tell Dan a couple like some a little bit of information about Galifant, and then you guys are going to tell me if you're going to do research roles using the Ubik tablets or whatever. Uh, or if you're just doing something that you think will help the negotiations in the long run. Uh, an example of this, uh, you might not have any uh, – no ability to research, but you might want to look tough uh, during the video call that you're going to have. So you try to work on your intimidation stance. So you roll your intimidation. So you would get bonuses during um, – the negotiations, that sort of thing. Or if you want somebody to think you're more professional, you try to comb your your hair, that kind of stuff. So, oh yeah, uh, Blades in the Dark does this. It's a very, yeah, yeah. it's a cool way so that it not just the face is doing face things, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like what happens with Foyzy and Shadowrun, except for there's no mechanics to back it up, and she wishes they would stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, this is what Gallivant. Uh, uh, entertainment was known for uh you know they were a shitty off-brand company that kind of would take g- popular games and try to make their own versions of them with terrible results like uh, like one of the most horrendous games out there was called uh it was uh it dealt with electrician twins where they were trying to find a uh save a geisha from a cockatrix and this was called uh tally ho brothers adventure uh, so no one ever actually took them very seriously, and they even started making an off-brand game of Max Payne, but uh, theirs was called Nevermore Hurt, which was a private eye detective, and the first two games uh, barely made enough money to keep the lights on. They were, they, they were okay with story, but it was kind of like uh, a, a shitty graphics, and uh, they repeated the same map over and over again, so it wasn't that good of a game. Um, but you've played Nevermore Th- Hurt 3, and that game took Gallivant from an off-brand gaming system to one of the premier games uh, creators known to man because Nevermore Hurt 3 was hailed. Uh, it came out about two years before the crash, which is zombie when zombies came. But it was it was hailed as one of the best games ever created. Uh, it was a, it was a private detective uh, in New York City, and the thing that made it am- amazing was uh, you know how Spider Man PS4 uh, kind of had 
Manhattan. You could like walk down the streets of Manhattan and it kind of visualized what Manhattan looked like. Mm-hmm. Nevermore Hurt 3, uh, they use the Ubik uh, network in order to 3D model act- the actual Manhattan in order to make an actual 3D rendering of uh, like Manhattan itself in their game. So it was down to the trash can that uh, was laying on the ground that day when they ran the 3D model. It was amazing. It was an absolute amazing sandbox with rich stories, thousands of storylines. Uh, it was it was hailed as a, a complete game changer. And uh, yeah, that that that's that's all you would know right now until you if until someone does some research. But that that's what you know about Galavant is they made they were shitty until they made Nevermore Hurt Three. Yeah, Scoop Scoop kind of sits up at the mention of Galavant. Like, wait, 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 wait. Nevermore hurt three Galavant? That Galavant? Are what you're saying words because you're just going to have to tell me, man. You don't you have never played Nevermore three? Never heard more. Nevermore hurt three. Let's just assume you know the answer and skip to the next part. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why is why is that important? Because they're like the biggest game company in the world what's left of it i guess so do they do like candy crushers <sighs> fine fine look the point is these guys have money these this is this is a big deal i would hope so because they're talking about pain in destiny seeds yeah that tracks you would know destiny seeds they are as good if not better than money in some places they grow these are food that grows anywhere. Like, yeah, that, that that tracks. That tracks. That these guys have the money. Why does a video game company have destiny seeds? Probably because they play the original Fallout. I mean, I don't play <laughs> video games, so I don't know. Well, you know what? Th- those these are some all real great questions. If you guys want to start rolling research to try to give you information that you can use, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, if you have research, if not, uh, you could think of other things that you could do to help you uh whenever you do a video conference and you are doing a video conference in case that wasn't clear uh david uh they're going to do a video conference uh so anything that would help you uh just tell me what you want to do so would this be a research role yes if you have research uh dave if you're using your tablet you actually have a research uh upgrade cool 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 yeah i have a point in research too so yeah and just make sure if you're uh, just see if if you are using something. Sometimes it takes a charge, so use a charge if you're going to be using research, unless it says uh, otherwise. It doesn't require that, uh, unless I think optimize might not require that. Actually, now that I think about it, nope. Optimize, uh, you guys are fine, so you don't need to mark a charge. So, uh, so how you do rolls? Roll a red dice and a black dice, and then add your uh, modifier to the black dice. All right, the modifier is just my score in the in that. Yes, in, in research. Scale. All yes. right, so in, uh, so it's yeah. not the full like intelligence or whatever. No, be. okay, got no, that. no, 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 no. Well, that's a uh, four plus one five on the black die and a one on the red die. Great. Uh, and Dave, are you going to do some research? Uh, yeah, I just rolled and I got a four on the bad die, and because I don't have red and red and black, I've got good and bad here. Um, uh. And I've got a four on the bad die and a five on the 
on the golden die. That's my that's my die. And my research is two. That'd bring me up to seven. And uh, I, I don't know what my computer would, would do. Your computer, I think, gives you a plus two to research rolls. Uh, nice. Do, do kill damage. Yeah, plus two to research. So that'd make me a nine. Yeah, you guys uh, nail it. I'll give you both uh, two different parts. Dan, uh, since you're a gamer and y- you kind of forgotten this since, you know, a lot has been on your mind since Nevermore uh, Hurt 3. Uh, you you actually remember, they never confirmed Never Hurt More 4, but everybody knew they were making a Nevermore Hurt 4. You don't, there was no information that was released about it. You expected that if E3 had happened that following year, they would have announced Nevermore Hurt 4. Gotcha. Uh, and, uh, but you, you don't really know, there was no information about it other than that it was, it was going to be huge. That might be what they want, and you're not sure how popular video games are in the East still, seeing that there's a zombie apocalypse, but yeah, maybe maybe a gaming company is still around and people are still looking for entertainment. You just don't know. Yeah, you don't know because the be- the, the best games that you get on your uh, your goggles, they're good, but they're not like they're not never more hurt for like where you could literally spend months just playing that game and not finish it. Yeah, and it'll be a cold day in hell when you touch Cronkite's laptop or tablet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dave. Uh, you brought up a good point. Uh, seeds. How do they got seeds? Well, after doing some research, Asoline, which is the people who make the seeds, actually, uh, they're currently trying to buy uh, or they're looking to buy uh, a lot of different companies. They're trying to invest their monies. And it looks like Gallivant Entertainment is trying to get that info, uh, get their interest. So they um, want to be bought out by by Asoline. Uh, Yes, yes. And maybe Asaline might have given him some seeds as a preview of like, this is what we're capable of. And uh, trying to convince uh, Gav- uh, Gav- Galavant, yeah. um, maybe it's just they, they bought a bunch of uh, seeds from Era uh, to just kind of preview the product. And now they're just going to uh, uh, like give them to somebody since they're just they're no longer need them for research. And they are good as money. Um, but uh, you definitely will note that uh, Galavant has been going up in the stock market like it was it crashed like almost every other non-essential game company or computer company when the great crash happened but they were one of the few to actually survive enough and until recently they were kind of barely in the black but a lot of people are very interested uh you don't know why but it seems that they might definitely have some cash that they could throw at you too but uh, you definitely know that uh, they are interested in getting bought by, for some reason, this medical bio company. It wouldn't be the craziest thing. Yes. Angela, are you doing anything to prepare to prepare in order to help you guys with these negotiations? Yes. Uh, Stryker does not have anything in research. So rather than joining these eggheads, uh, she's going. She's uh, still got to get in her daily workout. So hopefully that is going to uh, the the goal being when they're on the call, she's uh, fresh. She's uh, swole from her her workout. Uh, just to give that little edge that yeah, they've got muscle, not just not just eggheads. Okay, let's roll. Uh, roll your athletic system. I like that. I like the idea. Get swole. Don't skip leg day. Critical success. Sweet. Yep. Yeah. Angela, you you absolutely are. You're working real good. Dun 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 dun. You you hit the zone. 
You you actually hit the zone so what much you almost missed the call. <laughs> so when you do finally show up at the very nick of time, you're sweaty. You're you have those bulging muscles. You look like an Amazon warrior ready to fucking take beast. charge. You are a beast. So uh, you guys were able to uh, get three uh, three successes on your research to prepare for this, which means you are basically. Uh, to dumb this down, you have you have the advantage during this uh, this call, and you could spend those advantages in order to make your roll. I totally think that Angela has like a tank top that's like a uh, this world's version of like beast mode, except for it, <laughs> instead of beast mode, it says something like work the muscles, and then in different fonts is like destroy the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I like that absolutely. Uh, at one point, Angela wanted to make a t-shirt company. Uh, that specialize in zombie slangs. Yes. Uh, anyways, uh, you guys have done your research. You are ah. ready to go. And uh, Dave, if, that's, if it's okay with you, are you are you guys ready to go to the negotiations? Yeah, let's do it. Who's talking? Who has leadership? Does anybody have a point in leadership? Angela. No, uh, it's me. It's I have uh, I have a leadership of one. I think you're the only one. So Dave, you I, are well, going to be doing. What does the dog have? <laughs> yeah, Mugi, the, dog, the dog has a charisma of 10 yeah, yeah the moogie has decided not to deal with this shit shaggy. That's amazing. shaggy you mean yeah i'm sorry shaggy has decided not to deal with this today she is too busy hunting yeah she, she is um, above all this i should bring up and i didn't bring this up uh there are boom and there's bust rules on how to use skills in the bust market um if you don't have any points in the skill you cannot do it I mean, you could and characterically do it, but you're just going to we're going to assume you do it so badly you fail. So um, if you don't have any points in shoot, you can't kill a zombie with a gun um, in a boom marketplace, which is what we're kind of playing. I'm allowed to make a decision where it's like, OK, you could roll your potential to see if you succeed um, on certain things like hacking a nuclear submarine. No, if you don't have nuclear sub mechanic as like a, a skill set, you do not get to make that role. But for shooting, punching, negotiating, persuading, you everybody can make an attempt. But it's always better to have a skill, even if it's just one point and something. So, Dave, you walk in, uh, of course you have Dan and Angela uh, back uh, backing you up. Angela coming in at the very last minute. Hasbro is there talking on his laptop and as soon as he sees you, he waves you uh, silently and points towards the three chairs that are resting in front of his desk. Yep. <clears throat> Nod, sit down. And uh he takes the computer and says, "All right, um well, this is the crew I've uh, I've told you about. They're uh, one of our finest. They've been members of our enclave for uh, a couple years. They've always done me well. And uh, anyways, uh, this is uh, this is Jeb Marksman, everybody. And he turns uh, around the computer, and there is the techiest, douchiest boy you've ever met. He is he's a tech broy, a tech bro. Tech bro. He has the popped collar, no tie, but he's wearing a suit jacket. His hair is gelled up. He has that perfect five o'clock shadow. Uh, and he probably looks like, uh, to you, Dave, who you said you're like 40, it, it looks like a, maybe someone who's like, to you, it looks like a 16-year-old kid. Dressed uh, up in but, dad's clothes. like <laughs> Exactly. Absolutely. But in truth, he's probably like 25. And he spots you and he gets a big grin on his face and says, what's up, 
buddies. Woo! I can feel the synergy already. Hi, my name is Jeb Marksman, and I just want to say I am ready to do business with the three of you. Ouch! Hold Brad, on how do I use my crossbow I'm, again? <laughs> I mute, I mute the, uh, the call on the tablet and I look over at Hasbro. What the fuck is this? This is a person who's grown up in the East. They're different there. And he waves you to continue the fucking conversation. Oh, As he actually, he, he turns around away from it and he picks up a romance novel that he was reading and he starts leafing through it. Because you could tell that he, the, 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 this guy's, the tech bro-ness has really annoyed the shit out of Hasbro. <laughs> so he's, he's focusing on something else. Okay. I unmute the call. Hi, Jeff. The tech bro didn't even notice. He's he's still talking about synergy. And when that synergy comes together, we're going to be max raging about this 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 synergy. You know, bro? Hey, Jeb, you know what really helps with synergy? I've been around the block. I've seen a lot of synergy. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. What helps? The same thing that, yeah, helps kill a kill an infected you know, to kill an infected, you need to destroy the brain. A lot of people think it's the lungs, it's the heart, it's not. It's the brain. Uh, it's the thing. Yeah. It's the <clears throat> thing that fires the electricity that sends impulses to our bodies. And you know what helps destroy the brain? Something with a fucking point. Get to it, uh, Dave. Do you want to roll an intimidation? <laughs> intimidation will uh, to see if this uh, helps you. Uh, with your advantage now dave you got three advantages uh prior to this uh from the research checks mm-hmm. you could use those after the roll in order to increase the uh to give yourself a modifier i love it cool i'm kind of this this is not the correct uh way of doing negotiation but i'm dumbing it down because it's a hundred pages <laughs> no i i look forward to seeing that later but yes, yeah. yes. Let's just get to it's, the fun. It sounds like it's like hacking in Shadowrun. Yeah, it's absolutely hacking in Shadowrun. So, Dave, uh, go ahead and uh, and roll your intimidation. Red dies and black die. Ooh, uh, int- do you have any? Do you have an intimidation? No, no, I do not. Okay. Uh, nah. Would you like to use? Uh, you could try using a persuasion if you'd like. Yeah, I'd like persuasion. Let's do a persuasion. Let's uh, let's go that route. Yeah, I didn't even look at my skills before I started. Saying stuff. Nope, nope. I like it. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, persa- uh, uh, persuasion. Uh, yeah. To 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 make this a persuasion role, uh, my character is going to say all that. Say you know the point. Fucking get to it. And he's going to stare, unblinking at the camera. And then after a excruciating five seconds of silence, a big grin is going to illuminate his face, and he's just going to laugh. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Jeb. Hey, it's really good to meet you in person. Uh, yeah, we just we got a lot of stuff going on here. We thought thought I might give you a little west of the Mississippi, <laughs> you know, yeah. the flavor. So, anyways, synergy. What's the job? Okay, let's uh, yeah, let's roll it. All right. So that is a eight on the bad die and a seven plus one plus two on the persuasion. So that'd make it a nine. On the uh, good die, so I beat him by you don't, one. Yeah, you don't even need to use any of your advantages, Dave. So yeah, you beat it. He kind of stares at you for a second as you start laughing, and then he starts laughing along, like yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, you got me, you got me. <laughs> Ball tapped verbally. I love it. I love it. Okay, so here's the job. Here's the job. There was 
some important data uh, that happened uh, to be left behind when, you know, everybody ran away. Uh, oh, just so you know, I'm from Gallivant Entertainment. I'm sure you're already told. Well, our, our HQ, uh, we had a nice little Valley HQ uh, not too far away in Vail, Colorado. Oh, yeah. And, you, uh, you guys, uh, are you guys working on uh, Nevermore Hurt 4? I heard rumors over here. He pauses and then kind of uh, shuffles his uh, shuffles his paper and says, well, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, that was kind of what we were hoping to gain. Uh, we wanted to get that uh, data that was left behind there. You know, the gaming industry took quite a hit when the crash happened. But you know what? Like the dead, we're coming back. Oh, that's such an off-putting joke. But he gives you a big grin. That's, ah! that's funny. That's good. You should, you, should, uh, you should have that in like a DLC. I love it, dude. I love it. I love that we are just like kind of our minds are one, but our bodies are two. So here's here's what I'm thinking. We hire you. You go to the old HQ, pop open some of our servers and take the hardware, uh, the hard drives from them. Uh, I, 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 I got you the information to uh, Mr. Has Business over there, and uh, he can uh, hook you up with the details if you're interested. And of course... Uh, what we're looking to do is simply uh, we'll, we'll give you the Hall of Destiny seeds that we have uh, and uh, that, that little treasure chest will go your way and uh, our way. You'll just uh, we'll send some drones out with the seeds and drop the seeds. You put the hard drives in and we're good to go. Yeah, that actually. You know what? That sounds great. And just to know that I'm helping out with um, uh, that I'm helping continue the story of Nevermore Hurt. Uh, totes my goats totes my goats you know especially nowadays people need people need uh not just uh they don't need like flying dragons they don't need brightly colored bricks falling from the top of the screen what they need what they need is a gruff narration internal monologue striving between good and evil and the gray uh in between things that remind people of their own lives you know Absolutely. I mean, we don't. I mean, Nevermore Four, uh, Nevermore Hurt Four. Really didn't. We didn't really have much going on with it. But we, we we want the data that we had started, so we don't have to start from square one. You understand? Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, and you know, we absolutely want to. Uh, we 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 want to help out. And um, and and uh, God, you know, I'm as a huge fan of Nevermore Hurt. I'm one hundred percent into it if i could right now i would just jump on a bike or whatever and just go there right so uh after that one in seven thousand chance roll, <laughs> he said, i would solo uh, oh you you would pawn it too dude you yeah. would pawn it yeah but, but seriously don't go alone yeah see that's the thing is that my my associates they i mean seeds great but when i look at their resumes doesn't say farmer you know, and uh, I think that look at it this way. It's like um, you're giving me the, the the mission, right? The main mission. But we got to level up and uh, and, and you know, get some more, get some more supplies and some more potions and things like that. And unfortunately, we can't do that with seeds. I look around here. And you're a Gorenson. Hasbro raises a hand, says we want the seeds still, but they make a point. And then he just yeah, goes we can't to reading. They they. They can do whatever they want with seeds, but you you want the, I mean, you want the player characters. You got to spend the money. Otherwise, you're just going to wind up with some um, NPCs. 
Okay, Dave, another persuasion roll. I like that. So go ahead and make a roll. Uh, this is all. He's just like the camera pans down and underneath the table where the uh, where the tablet can't see. He's got like a list of buzzwords that gamers use. <laughs> yeah, Dan gave you that. So. Yeah, exactly. Again, Dave, uh, after the roll, you could spend any points from the advantages. So you have three advantages that you could spend, but you could do it after the roll. Okay, cool. Yeah, I made it. Uh, five, six, seven. Uh, seven, okay. to, seven to four. Okay, so a four red and a seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do, David. We're going to uh, take those three advantages and put it on the dice. So it's a ten and a four. That's six difference. I'm going to uh, roll a dice. So six times nine. Wow. The guy kind of nods his head and rubs his chin and looks around and says, All right, all right. That's Barrow. Yeah. Give him the loot box. If they, uh, we, and Hasbro sighs and he reaches out, opens up a file and, and it's just a, a scribbled note, uh, that he uh, like did on a, a, like a little, uh, what's it called? Post it. And he sighs. He's like, all right. Well, uh, if you do this job, we get the seeds and there's, uh, there's 55. Uh, we can pay you 55 bounty. I think that, that sounds, uh, that sounds like everybody wins in that one. You know, everybody levels up. All right. All right. Uh, and the, uh, Dave, you absolutely, uh, kind of made this guy feel that he's your friend. So this is, he's going beyond what he was really aiming to get. Uh, you've done that thing in negotiations where you've convinced the person that they want to actually help you. Cause you, you understand them. So yeah, you actually you didn't get like max amount of points, but if you do this job, this could absolutely repay all the money that you lost uh, when your enclave fell. 55 points of bounty to you guys. That would be huge. D- divided between the three of you? Oh, yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, sounds great, Jeb. We're going to get our stuff together and uh, you send us any sort of appropriate deets. Drones on the way! Drones on the way! Sweet. And he, and he hits uh, like a button, and he uh, the the whole thing disappears. Uh, and Hasbury Hasbaro rubs his face and says, "Like Jesus, I hate that guy." Now, what what did I say? What was that right? Was that? Yeah, no, that was that was great. That was great. Uh, by the way, as Scoob has through all of this, he, he never bothered putting any clothes on, so he'd been sitting cross legged. <laughs> oh my god! On his chair. With his little uh, Ubik headset on, uh, and and just and the dog right else. next to him. So we have like the like ru- like the Russian fighter from Rocky standing <laughs> next to Dave, <laughs> swolled out, veins in her neck, I'm and then we have like not like pudgy, but you're definitely dad botting it up, Dan, a little bit. Or are are you thin, or you got a little pouch, or what, Dan? Uh, Dan. Oh no, Dan. No, no. Uh, uh, Scoop. He's he's real thin. Yeah, so a rail thin, kind of like that guy from uh, Supernatural, that uh, the guy who fought the Tooth Fairy. Ah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> no, I was going to like Christian Bale and the No, 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 Garth. Oh, Garth. Yeah, yeah, Garth. Garth oh from God. Supernatural. Kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, that's that's a perfect. But with and, zero uh, body shame. <laughs> so uh, as soon as Hasbro um, like rubs his face, you hear the buzzing uh, in the distance, and he gets closer and closer, and soon enough. A drone flies right into the tent and hovers there and drops a package. And then just like that, the drone takes off again. 
Take the drone! <laughs> Shaggy leaps up into the air, tackles it down. No. Uh, the drone flies off. Uh, Hasbro walks over to the package, picks it up, and inside you find uh, a map. Uh, you probably could have found a map, but there's a map towards... It's an old map. It is pre-crash, uh, pre, uh, cr- so it's you don't know how useful it is. Um, but it gives you also have the blueprints of the uh, HQ. Uh, a bre- uh, the blueprints of the small city around the HQ, uh, s- uh, a list of like the security features that they had, and also some key cards just in case those there's energy um, uh, still uh, being brought into the system. Um, just some quick notes uh, if you guys want to hear them. Um, the first two floors of this building are actually kind of like uh, a paintball of. Uh, set where people could test out VR games. It has like the smoke, the mirrors, the like places you can hide. Uh, it was a, uh, it's two floors of that uh, in an office building. And then above that on the third floor is, you know, the marketing department on the fourth floor is what you're looking for, which is the server room, which would is basically what they want. They've outlined which servers they want you to dismantle and what hard drives that you want. And does anybody have mechanics? I have one point in the cats. That's all you need. Dan, you should be able to dismantle uh, the hard drives without risking destroying them. Yep. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, there's also a note of when they want this done. They they basically are giving you guys two weeks to get, uh, get this done before they shop it to another uh, crew. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is an open market after all. All right. And uh, Hasbara looks at you and shrugs and is like, well... Good luck. And then he goes back to his romance novel. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, Lady Petunia, you raunchy slut. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we look over. There's no Lady Petunia in that book. We've read it all. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the one romance novel you just guys pass around. You pay a bounty to read it. You're, you're that desperate. Pound, uh, pounded in the butt by a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that guy really just knew what was going on. <laughs> Nothing will stop Chuck Tingle. Nothing. Yes. So, uh, you guys have quite the journey ahead of you because uh, as fun as it is for Dave to say, like, oh, I would take a bike or a car, there's really no more cars. There are some people who are actually able to keep a car running. You are not one of them, and your bikes got left at the old enclave. So, you're walking. Unless you guys, unless you, unless you have bounty to spend in order to purchase a bike. No, but we do have some sort of weird zipline log flume that Angela's terrified of. So, I mean, that's going to cut down travel at least a little while. You, you're not, uh, you, you won't have to take the, you do not take the gondola back. Uh, you take the Alpine uh, roller, coaster. roller coaster down. So if, if you guys, uh, you guys uh, pack up your packs. Or as the zombies uh, call it, meals on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> you guys pack up your packs, hop on the Alpine cruiser coaster. And down you go. Woo! Uh, Woo! You know what? For fun, everybody uh, roll a self-control. Oh, boy. That's not going to be Woo! good. Who's in back? They're getting covered in vomit and pee. Vomit and pee. <laughs> Damn. Got an uh, 11 on the, good, on the uh, black die and a 3 on the market die. Uh, 5 and over 2 in my favor. It right, is, Dave? It is appropriate this was my idea because that roll did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what was it? Uh, I got a five on the good die and a nine on the market die. 
Okay, uh, Dave. Oh, actually, uh, hold on. I think I have self-control. I do have, I have self-control of one, so I got difference of three. All right, cool. But you still failed. Yep. Uh, Dave, uh, you take one point of stress. Oh, it just sucks. It sucks, but it's just one point. I'm just trying to get you guys used to the humanity wheel. Uh, so everybody else, you're totally fine. Uh, you At some point, maybe you even raise your hand and woot. Uh, Dave, it's just you're stressed out because this is an old coaster that uh, isn't probably uh, following any safety regulations. So at one point, you, you, are sure, you are sure you're going to go off the track. Uh, sparks fly, you kind of tip over almost, but it catches itself and writes itself at the last minute. It's it's terrifying. I uh, mutter something about dying like a fucking carny. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are off. You get down to the bottom of this mountain and you've uh, already prepared. Uh, I'm not going to make you do uh, any rolls for like, you know, foresight yet. But if you want, uh, you know what, actually, let's roll foresight if you have it. And what foresight is, is basically what you've done to prepare. Um, and I will give you some advantages whenever I deem fit. Again, this is kind of my homebrewing of the rules. Uh, but uh, just tell me if you succeed or not. I succeeded. Yeah. Uh, foresight two. So three on the good die, that's five. And one on the red market die, so I succeed. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you have foresight. If you don't have foresight, that's fine. Just tell me. <laughs> what the fuck is a video game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you f- Yeah, I failed. Uh, Dave, you were more excited about the idea of getting 55 bounty, so you kind of just crabbed your go bag and just got down to brass tacks. Uh, but Dan and, da- uh, Dan and Angela, uh, you have pretty much, as, you're, as you were getting prepared for this, you, you know the route to take, as in you know a place, uh, and it's going to cut down the, the leg time to get there, which was going to be six days. And it's going to cut it down to four days to get to, uh, the, uh, to the HQ, and... Uh, Two days, it'll cut back two days back, so it's only going to take you about almost a little bit above a week to get there and back if everything goes to plan. Quick, quick question, uh, 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 game-wise, um, do or game-world-wise, rather. Uh, my dog, do, do the zombies attack all living things, or are they focused? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes, they, they will eat anything. The, the zombies will absolutely go for humans first, but if there's no humans, they will eat animals. Gotcha. All right. Good the good news is... Almost 99% of the time, uh, there is no such thing as zombie dogs. Yeah. So if a, do- if a dog gets bit, they die. Delightful. All right, cool. Yeah, no, as, as we're traveling, as we're traveling uh, I'm assuming this is like standard procedure for us. Uh, yeah, Shaggy will be scouting ahead and, and Scoobs will be, you know, headset on, just keeping an eye on her. So we've always got that, uh, you know, a couple of minutes at least of... Uh, Heads up time if anything's uh, up ahead of us on the road. So, can you explain to uh, me and the listeners at home what exactly you mean by wearing a headset? Because I don't think you described you explained what that is. A headset. It's Google Glass, like got popular. Yeah, effect- like, effectively. There, there's little. I mean, this is. I guess this is kind of like a near future setting. So, so yeah, I think it was like 2030 when the crash happened. It might be a little bit more, a little less, but around 2030. So we've had about. 10 years of technological innovation. So uh, Google Glasses never caught on that welch right now, but pretend they something, something did, did come yeah. along that Some something did that actually though. makes them good. Exactly. And so he's got he's got one of those. It's ding, it's banged up, but it works just fine. And he's got a little uh, rig on his dog, a little, uh, what they call it, ta- tactical vest. And it's got a, you know, a camera and it's got, uh, according to this, some kind of uh, like 
touch Spe- things. Speakers. Yeah, he's, it's got speakers, so it's got audio, it's got video, and it's, he can basically effectively remote control the dog. Uh, from from what I see on the vest, like he can basically hit a button and it like taps the dog on the side uh, to kind of like, hey, go left, go right, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a very cool vest. So you can give it orders, but you can also talk to him and give him more advanced orders. But yeah, and the, do- and the dog he- is basically considered to be highly trained. So Right. So you and your dogs both look like douches. Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. By the, by the way, he did eventually put once we actually leave the safety of the camp, yes, he's 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 got pants, he's got a shirt, he's got you know clothes. Fucking coward. So uh what are you guys all wearing? Yeah, let's go uh, let's go into that part. Like what are you wearing and what kind of weapons do you have on you as you're walking down the street uh, as you're walking down the most convenient way to go right now is actually the highway because uh walking through the forest might cut down on time, but it's also very not predictable. Like there could be zombies hiding behind any tree. So the highways is probably the safest way to travel. Also, we're in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. The, the highway at least has somewhat evened out those yes. peaks and valleys. Uh, so, yes, yeah, staying on the highway definitely sounds like the right idea. Uh, so Stryker, uh, she is kitted out and uh, like she still has some of the old... Uh, very worn and and threadbare but she has some of the under armor uh clothes that she was a spokesman for mm-hmm. you know it's like she, this was a uh, quality stuff that she worked hard to to earn so she has uh hung on to it but of course it's faded it's ratty it's been uh hand repaired many times so that's kind you of still have an adidas uh shirt yes yep uh, uh so that's her her base layer and then she has some um, you know, makeshift heavier gear on top of it. You know, she has a a hoodie for another layer. She has uh, one of those foil blankets uh, that you have in in survival kits. Uh, but her her main pieces of gear is she has carpet greaves on her forearms and legs and legs. So uh, her forearms and uh, like her her old can, can we say um that the ones on her legs are built out of are based on her shin guards. Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's reinforced carpet and other natural fibers uh that she wears and this provides her uh some some protection against uh most zombie attacks you know if a zombie clamps its uh mouth around her forearm that's not going to feel good but the odds of it actually infect like breaking through all that extra padding and breaking her skin is very very slim uh so that is her big piece of of protective gear but then what probably gets more attention is the giant ass spear that she has slung over her shoulder and this is like a seven eight foot long spear uh it is a piece of metal pipe that has a machete blade strapped to the top it also has a crossbar about two feet down from the top so uh, she can actually use it to spear a zombie and keep it at bay well beyond arm's reach. Cool. And do you have any uh, other gear that we need to know about? Just She does also have a pistol, but again, nine foot spear. Right. Okay. Uh, Dave, uh, what about you? What do you look like and what do you got on you? So this time, um, this time Cronkite now has a beige, a beige trench coat on. Dan? <laughs> um, what about your gear then? Uh, like, just yeah. so weapons. He, uh, so I can he has, uh, 
he uh Cronkite is not a athletic man. Um he's ever probably in his entire life even during the zombie apocalypse. So um if he must though he does have a uh he does have a um axe uh like a fire axe slung over his shoulder uh though not nearly as intimidating as when um Shepherd Clearwater <laughs> walks around with a fire axe though remarkable remarkably same application <laughs> absolutely that's for our rotted capes game yep uh and uh and so he does he does have a fire axe uh and he has been known to use it but mostly he uses that for utility he uses he uses like you know the uh the the hooked end in order to open up crates and doors and things like that uh and he will occasionally attack a zombie with it if he absolutely has to but what he really uh his his stock and trade for combat is in his smith and wesson nine millimeter that has been lovingly outfitted to have a extended uh, an extended uh, clip capacity and also has been retrofitted with an older uh, barrel so that it has a silencer attached that he can quickly attach to it as to plug some people uh, in the head, ideally zombies, and not make more than like a whisper or a crack of a sound. Yeah. The cool thing, uh, just uh, uh, go back to some of the rules. Um, if you have a loud quality for your weapon and that's like shotgun, rifle, pistol, um, when you shoot that for the first time in the game uh, at, like, say, some zombies, I immediately, unless there's specific situations where there w- it wouldn't make sense, I get to roll to add, uh, and whatever I roll, that's how many new zombies join the uh, the fight. It only happens once. It only happens once. So once you hit ring that dinger, uh, dinner bell, uh, no, no other zombies are going to show up. But let's say the three of you had pistols and they all had the loud quality and you didn't have silencers. Um that would mean I get to re I get to roll three times and whatever I rolled, that's how many zombies join in uh, the next round. So the silence is uh, the fact that you have a silencer is amazing, David. Cool, awesome, great. And uh, Dan, well, what else? What, what do you look like and what do you got? Uh, so Scoob is uh, he's wearing a pair of ragged jeans. He's got a t shirt and he's got a uh, basically one of those uh, little. Kind of hunter vests, the ones with all like all the all the pockets, uh, just for random shit like that. And uh, he's uh, in a hat. You know, he's got a he's got a ball cap on, and uh, he's often just wearing his uh, his Ubik headset. It's sort of a sleek yet you know battered because you know wasteland uh, little headset uh, that he can sort of see through and see what uh, what his dog is looking at. And uh, slung across his back is a. Uh, large and somewhat clunky crossbow, uh, and you know a, a quiver of bolts. Um, he's he's okay with it. It's it's again it's it's not something he can just immediately pull out and do it. It always takes him a, a few moments, but he needs his hands free to to deal with uh, you know, controlling uh, controlling uh, Shaggy. Uh, and uh, along his belt, he's got a one of those tactical uh, flashlights dangling. Great. So you guys are traveling across the highway, and it's we're not going to do every day, but it is a slow uh, and steady uh, uh, pace you're taking. And occasionally you do have to stop to kill uh, a, tr- a casualty or two. Again, uh, you don't usually use the word zombies. That is something an East Coaster would use. Um, here they're called casualties. And uh, it, filthy nothing casuals. Re- yeah, <laughs> f- filthy casuals. Uh, however, 
I am going to roll on the table because they have a giant table of, of random encounters that I love. And I'm just going to see what what happens. Ooh. As there is something that unique happens on your trip there. Flesh Golem. <laughs> that, that is, I, I don't think you're ready for that. There's literally, yeah, Dave, you weren't so far off. As wow. like That is something you aren't ready. Just turns into Left for Dead all of a sudden. <laughs> Boomer! All right, cool. Dan, uh, Scoob, uh, Shaggy, I'm sorry, yep. you bastard. You've confused me. Oh, Shag- your, Shaggy, oh God, the Scoob's the guy. I, I know, it's I'm killing me. I'm so yes. upset with this. Yes, good. <laughs> uh, Shaggy is, again, he's probably 50 feet ahead of you. Nothing too far, but he's he's just kind of trotting. And out of one eye, you can absolutely see through the webcam. Uh, and right now, he turns the bend and stops and uh, you can actually hear the growl through your goggles that he, he doesn't like what he sees. And through the webcam, what you notice is there's a car wreck. Uh, it's a, it looks like a couple uh, – a semi is tipped over on its side. And there is a uh, like a Jeep that's kind of burning in the front uh, of it. Uh, and this is rare, weird because of uh, two reasons. First, when uh, the government decided to haul ass to the east, they basically used like a cow tipper, uh, like a bulldozer in front of a tank. And so when they would go down the highway, any cars that was on the highway got pushed to the side. So they usually don't have to walk around cars. So the fact that there is a car crash right here means it happened after the the great crash the, the when zombies and the and the government abandoned the west you said it's actively on fire the fact that yes the second thing the fact that there was a fire still brewing on the suv means that this was a car that was freshly has been freshly destroyed and you don't know what destroy you don't see anything yet but something happened here recently <laughs> so we turn the corner into something that is that is arguably terrifying but object objectively fucking dope Yes, like fucking uh, and, awesome and, looking. And you know, honestly, you've got time because Dan, you haven't turned the corner yet. You haven't turned the bend. Uh, Dan sees this uh, enough to quickly stop you. And with a, if you want, you can even send Scooby to come back, Dan, or go further. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell Sco- uh, Shaggy to 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 hang on, uh, just hold, and uh, you know, just tell the rest of the party, hey guys, uh, looks like there's a wreck up front, but it's a fresh wreck, like. There's fire. There's fire. Yeah this 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 happened recently. If not, well, I mean, we would have heard it otherwise. But yeah, whatever it is, it's still burning. You said it's it's basically like just a, it's like two cars or just one car. Uh... It's an SUV, and then one of those. I said semi truck, but what I, what I meant is it's more of a U-Haul type uh, truck that's tipped over. Not the giant U-Haul that would like move an entire house but this is a u-haul that you would rent to move like for an apartment so it could it, it has a big back but it's that's tipped over on its side the door is closed but uh the only one that's on fire is the suv and the very front of it is it, it's cooked it is baked uh and the fire is almost out but it is still like smoke is barreling through it as uh, it's it's burned everything in the very front seat yeah so blah, i say that to everybody wow. Is there anybody in either of the cars? Uh, Dan, if you want to make an awareness for your dog, you can. Sure. Or if ever, anybody else want to round the bend and investigate themselves, you would have to make an awareness check. Yep. So, I mean, does the dog you 
use my stats effectively, or you would whatever you roll, you're always using animal oh, handling, animal, okay. which is yeah. so I'm, your I'm, wag. Yeah, my wag walker. All right, great. So I'm gonna roll that. Let's see. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna uh, uh, tell Shaggy to just like I come on, girl, just carefully, because you know, steps closer, and uh, just to try and get a better view. And let's see what we got here. God damn, these dice are rolling great for me. Uh, Eleven on the on the red die, or, or sorry, on the black die, on the good die, and uh, one on the market die. Wow, that is really good. I mean, there's no such thing as like getting a bit a bigger width between things. It's yeah, it still feels great. So you, your dog absolutely just trots ahead, sniffing around. And as it rounds uh, about uh, around the SUV, uh, it, it's not tall enough to see inside, but there is a cooked arm hanging out of one of the doors, um, not moving. So it's not like a casualty that's still squirming around. It looks like someone who properly died. Uh, but your dog definitely, uh, as he turns uh, around the corner... Uh, around like kind of where that hood of the SUV was uh, burning and there's smoke through the smoke and through the webcam, you can make out there's someone hunched over something near the S uh, near the um, tipped over truck. It seems like a person and through your uh, through the crackling of the fire that's still kind of going on the SUV, uh, you can make out maybe what sounds like crying. Someone's crying. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I pass that on to the rest of the person. These one person i hear crying they're hunched over or something i can't quite make it out over the smoke dan you can send your dog closer but remember vectors cry and apologize yeah no exactly exactly so if you don't want uh fucking if you don't want shaggy uh uh to have to maybe deal with a vector you should probably bring her back yeah or pull her away you know that's that's pretty much what he does like all right or shaggy can die and we can stop doing this game with these names oh no never (laughs) the dog is the only thing that sets my character apart uh i I like i like that 99 percent of the time dogs do not become uh do not become zombies or whatever but uh if this dog dies a hundred percent chance of you becoming john wick hell or high water (laughs) oh yeah there are rumors of animals coming back, but those are those are those are just stories. Probably in Florida. Yeah, but yeah, he, he calls uh, okay. he calls Scoob back. All right, come on, girl, come on. Yep, Scooby comes back. Nope, she tries. Shaggy. To, uh, oh my God, Shaggy! Dan started. No, that was yeah. that was me. I, I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shaggy comes back. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy the dog comes back to Scoob the human. Yes. Uh, and like is panting excitedly. She did a good job, like always. Yep. And uh, what do you guys want to do now? There is a, I mean, there, there there's two. You could go try to go around, but you are kind of uh, over a cliff face, so it would yeah, require a lot of work. Also, um, maybe but you could. there's stuff in that U haul. Absolutely. What, what do you call freshly turned uh, ciphers? Zephyrs, vectors. What are they? vectors. 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 Vectors are. 28 day later screamers runners attackers right now you don't know but i just wanted to point out like just be heard because you heard crying doesn't mean it wasn't a vector uh they could still communicate for the first couple hours of before their turn uh before their uh after their turn uh, your call team just in case uh uh, 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 Shag- uh scoob is getting his uh his crossbow out yeah scooby uh, the human is uh readying his crossbow uh, I'll go check it out. I can, and, uh, Stryker pulls down the spear from off her shoulder. I can keep it at bay. 
Okay. If right. necessary. Yeah. If necessary. Yeah. Um, and I'll supervise <laughs> from a safe distance. So Stryker is going to uh, go around the corner and she is whistling. All right. So uh, th- this is not a stealth check, uh, but I'm going to have you make an awareness check. Angela is the one, only one that can make this. Uh, Dan and Dave, you can make an awareness check as well, uh, just for the environment around you to see if there's anything that you should note. Uh-huh. Uh, cool. Awareness two. Uh, now, quick question. My binoculars yep. say it adds plus two to awareness and scavenging when assessing legs outdoors. Uh, no, that doesn't. That basically just uh, to uh, know how long a dis- uh, how much distance is between two things. It helps you with uh, traveling. This is not uh, something that, uh, this is more a perception check okay, than, cool, cool. Uh, than that. Got it. I, uh, three over one. I went, I succeeded. Okay. I succeed with an eight over two. Nice. Jesus, Dan, you are Dude, these dice, the I'm, I'm going to keep these dice for later. Now I know this, this is the good die and that is the <laughs> bad die. And Dave, seriously, what is, a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a Dave, ten, I got a 10 on the market die. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, Dave, I'm glad that you're capable of rolling 10s, though. You know? It's fucked up. <laughs> like, I, like I said when Billy explained the uh, system to me, I was like, oh, good. So each, ro- each roll will be a success and a failure for my dice. <laughs> so, okay, Dave, uh, you don't see anything that's beyond... Uh, that's beyond what's already in front of you. Tipped over a uh, truck, burning SUV. Cool. Uh, Dan, what you're looking around, uh, you you look down past the overpass down the cliff, and you definitely see movements of casualties. But even though they probably heard the crash that occurred, some of them are trying to pull themselves up, but they can't because that is how sheer the cliff face is. But you definitely do notice that you don't want to go that direction uh, if you can avoid it. You also look up towards uh, the mountain on the side of the, on the other side that's going up, um, and you don't see any casualties that are tumbling down, so you don't think there's anything above you, so you don't have to worry about it raining men or anything like that. <laughs> uh, they call that a uh, Donna. Uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, raining men was the weather girls. Oh, do you know who's saying that though? The weather oh, girls. Oh, weather girls. Yeah. Okay, well, they call it the Weather Girls when uh, <laughs> things are falling off the cliff and it's landing around you. So, no, it doesn't look like the Weather Girls are, is happening. So, uh, no zombies are going to fall down on you. So, right now, whatever danger there is, it's just in front of you, possibly. Not not behind you either. So, you're good. Angela, you're approaching. And you definitely see signs that there was a car crash. Um, this wasn't a caravan, you don't think? You think one was going one direction and the other was going the other one? Because you do see skidding. It looks like the the box car, the 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 U-Haul, tried to avoid the SUV. It looks like the SUV, from the skid marks and how everything looks, absolutely was aiming for the U-Haul. As you round the corner around the uh, the burning SUV, you 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 get a lung full of smoke, and you <laughs> keep yourself from coughing too much as you uh, continue your continue your whistling. And as you approach this person who is crying, she stops her crying and she turns. And the smoke is still in your face, but you do see a woman who definitely she is her her eyes are just completely red uh, from just not from being a vector. She doesn't have the lines like that. She's filthy, but she's not vectored. 
but she's been crying. And she she takes a, a step towards you and says, I, I, my, my baby, it's my baby. And she holds out her arms. And in her hand, in her arms, is a bundle of rags. And then as she pulls back the bundle of rags, there's a baby doll in her hands. And she blinks at you, and then she continues pulls it down, and stuffed in the baby doll's stomach, uh, hollowed out, is a grenade. Oh! And then she says, but I still have my wedding ring, and she holds up her hand, Ooh. and the grenade pen is gone. Oh, boy. Hey guys, this is Dan, the aka the bad boy of Fandible. I'm here to uh, ask you guys for money, basically. We're, we're here uh, because we're doing this out of love. We're doing this. We've got shows. If you liked what you just heard, we probably have more just like it. If you didn't like what you just heard, we have way more that's not like it. We have so much stuff, and we've given it all out to you because we love you. We love you. We do it out of love. But guess what? Love don't pay the bills. If you go to patreon.com slash fandible, and you donate a little sum-sum for us, we might just have a little sum-sum for you. If you can't, that's fine, because, did I mention, we love you. And you can go to Twitter, find Fandible there. You can go to Facebook, search for Fandible there. Listen, just search for Fandible. Whatever pops up, it's probably ours, and you should probably subscribe, like, link, share, etc. Do it, because we love you.